Hi everyone, before the show, I just have to apologize that the front half of this episode features some unfortunately less than stellar audio quality from Ryan Dorman, which is fixed in the second half, so stick with us. Uh, something was wrong with his mic setup, and eventually the kinks worked out. You'll actually hear uh, a little transitional when this happens. Um, also, it turns out he was sick with COVID, so that's why you're going to like hear him sniffling and sneezing for a bit, uh, but he's doing better, he's doing well he's on the mend uh but please do give him your best wishes uh that would be great secondly we recorded this right before the news dropped about that spiderwick chronicle series being axed from disney plus the good news is that they're able to shop it around so hopefully it'll actually get picked up but a lot of people were like upset about this so i guess the franchise is somewhat popular so sorry if we are like going to be poo-pooing on it uh so just to let you know we did not know how popular it was so that's on us uh if you have any complaints um go to yellow dormant while you're giving him your best wishes uh anyways uh on with the show Good morning, Unbuilt listeners. Your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to listen to all the sordid details of Paramount Park in Mercia, Spain. You must pay attention to every single land, despite being based on fewer and fewer relevant intellectual properties. As always, should you or any other members of the listening audience be caught listening at double speed, O'Reilly and Dorman will disavow any knowledge of your actions. This cold open will self-destruct in five seconds. Good luck, insert name here. Welcome, dreamers of all ages, to another episode of Unbuilt, an unrealized theme park podcast. With me today, as always, is my co-host, Ryan Dorman. How are you doing? I have a nasty cold. Hopefully I don't hear that. <laughs> Aww. Well, yeah. we'll try to soothe you over with some um, wonderful uh, talk today about uh, Paramount. Everybody's favorite company. Everybody loves talking about the studios right now. Yeah. Uh, especially in this environment. <laughs> <laughs> Big studios like Paramount are, are what'll get us through this mess. Mm, yes, uh, and another millions of dollars for DC-based strike breaking. You know, I don't even school. know who the head of Paramount is. No, they've done a really good job. They have not Zaslav <laughs> themselves. Exactly. Or yeah, we to sit in the background. <laughs> yeah, we know. We know the like. We know the names of Netflix, Ted Sarandos. We know Bob Iger. We know David Zaslav. But I mean, who can name the head of Paramount Pictures? I can't right now. It's funny because they used to be like the evil people, right? Uh, Paramount with their content ID claims and yeah. uh, their their copywriting stuff uh, used to be the de facto 
monsters. But now they're kind of just coasting by with one of the worst streaming services online. I guess no one cares about Paramount because Paramount it's, Plus. It's not garbage. as bad as Peacock. I think Peacock. Oh, that's the true. One. Very true. Peacock may very well be the worst one. Yeah. Um, just by virtue of having nothing and being user unfriendly. My favorite uh, thing is like when people online. Uh, there's people are making well i don't know about you but peacock is my favorite service okay what do you watch oh mostly the office and wrestling i'm like okay. yeah exactly <laughs> they gate two things behind it they've got absolutely nothing else i remember yeah. like, peacock and it was free with like some xfinity box and uh mm-hmm. I, I felt like i overpaid oh um, my gosh <laughs> like i remember going through it and uh like during when it was like um what was free for ads for a while that's right yeah and i remember looking through it and i was like this is the most miserable streaming service i've ever seen there's nothing here yeah like oh wow like at least paramount plus i had a good time scrolling for it peacock was just miserable <laughs> <laughs> so Paramount at least has like Nickelodeon, I guess. Although, yeah. Although, uh, what uh, I think uh, Peacock has uh, DreamWorks, right? I guess they would. I would imagine, but I think Netflix has enough deals. No, with that, that that's the interesting part is that Peacock, NBC Universal has so many like rights entanglements, like um, all around that it, they're they're like they only have like half their library on there. They don't have an exclusive library hold like disney does you know i mean say what you will about disney plus i mean at least they have all the animated movies they're all there yeah it's true at least it's yeah. like a backlog for disney yeah mm-hmm. not for paramount i guess though well so be it yeah or, or for peacock i'm sorry not paramount yeah <laughs> that that is that is true but uh anyways we should move on because we do have a lot to talk about today with our main topic uh of paramount park spain uh so uh let's go on and do so but first this All right, here we are for our main topic uh, for Paramount Park Spain. And we should really talk about the history of Paramount Parks. And uh, this this is interesting because, like, um, I never visited a Paramount Park when they existed. But uh, I, I was kind of keenly aware of them. And uh, they always seemed very odd to me that these parks kind of existed you know, just like, you know, the Disney and Universal parks. And I will say that just having that branding kind of made it seem more elusive than anything else. I mean, I guess, you know, I was kind of fooled in thinking that they would be anything more than your standard regional theme park, but it's whatever. Um, but let's go on to the history of it. Uh, in 1992, Paramount Pictures noticed the success that Disney and Universal had in the amusement park game. They sought out KECO Entertainment Division, whose umbrella company Taft Broadcasting was going through some financial difficulties. Taft Broadcasting would actually fold in 1999. Uh, uh, KECO owned six theme parks, Kings Island, Kings Dominion, Canada's Wonderland, and Australia's Wonderland, all properties they built themselves, and the acquired Carowinds and Great America. Great America used to be Marriott's Great America in uh, California. There were two Great Americas, and Six Flags took the other one, which is in Gurney, Illinois. 
Uh, Paramount bought five of them, minus the Australia property, giving themselves a foothold across America to establish themselves as a theme park franchise. And just to give you kind of a, uh, an idea of how this kind of perfectly spanned across the country, uh, Great America was in California, uh, Kings Island was in Ohio, Kings Dominion's in Virginia, Carowinds is literally on the border of South and North Carolina, and of course you have Canada's Wonderland up north in Toronto. Uh, so attacking their name onto the various theme parks, they would slap the titles of their film on existing ride shows and attractions. And you can kind of see how they took the, the mountain uh, iconography and just like put the names under them. Just right um, under the bottom there. Big yeah. text uh, slapping it in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When the fantasy takes off and takes you with it, that's a thrill. When the action is screaming louder than you are, that's a thrill. And when it all happens at once, the thrills are paramount. Paramount Parks, the only place thrills are paramount. Have you visited any of these theme parks? Not yeah, one that were paramount, actually- but yeah. I went to Carowinds, I think, when it was still not Paramount's Carowinds, but when there was still Paramount branding at mm-hmm. the uh, at the park. Um, yeah, but I don't think I've been to any of the other ones. Yeah, I've been to Kings Island and uh, Great America, and I mean, all the Paramount stuff is completely gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is interesting that there is some stuff that is kind of left over, and we'll we'll say how. So examples of what they did: they slapped a Top Gun name on any suspended roller coaster that they had. Uh, I believe, like they named a drop tower after Drop Zone because everyone remembers that movie. What is uh, Drop Zone? It's like a movie from the '90s, and I barely know what it is. I just know that they attached it to a to a drop tower because it sounds like a drop tower. Uh, they opened up a wooden roller coaster called the Hurler, uh, attached it to the Wayne's World franchise in King's Dominion. They actually. Uh, like themed an entire land to Wayne's World, and you can see that in the show notes, uh, where it's like it's it literally has like um like the donut shop that Ed O'Neill held, and oh. yeah, and in the uh, queue for the hurler, you could actually visit the set of the ba- of Wayne's basement, and Mike Miners actually filmed an ad for this land. It's Wayne's World! Wayne's World! Something way big has hit Paramount's King's Dominion. Welcome to the all-new Wayne's World! Do you call that big? Actually, this is a scaled-down model. Observe as scaled-down Wayne enjoys excellent munchables, attractions, and the ultimate thrill, the hurler. <laughs> so get into Wayne's World in a big way at Paramount's King's Dominion. Excellent. And the hurler, which they called the hurler because it's, you know, it's Wayne and Garve, hurl, kind of the, like, 90s humor. Yeah. Uh, the coaster has now been redone by RMCs into uh, Twisted Timbers, but, yeah, for a while it was it was whole Wayne's World branding, which is, like, such... Ah, glorious 90s stuff. Uh, Nickelodeon was, of course, thrown around all the park's kitty areas, fitting in it all in perfectly for the 90s. However, in 2006, Viacom decided they were out of the theme park business and sold all five parks to Cedar Fair. 
By 2007, and after 14 long years, Paramount's branding was chucked off the park's name, and all the rides were rebanded to generic titles. It is well categorized that the decade-plus Paramount ownership of the five parks were largely cast off as shrug-worthy attempts at doing Disney and Universal Parks on a regional budget. The branding didn't do much to elevate the parks, although there were examples such as Tomb Raider the Ride, which were examples of elevated faming, but they were still flat rides gussied up instead of bold ground-up attractions. Now, have you heard of Tomb Raider the Ride from King's Island? I think I've seen pictures of it before. I'm sure uh-huh. I have. Um, can you explain Tomb Raider the Ride? Yeah, so it is... Uh, what they did was they created this enormously tall show building. And you would go through a pre-show and all this stuff, and then uh, the doors would open up, and you would go into what was called a giant top spin. So if you've ever seen a top spin, it's one of those rides where you're on uh, a set of arms, and there's a long bench in the middle, and the bench flips upside down. Well, this was a massive version of that. But instead of just being uh, in the open air, you were actually in a show building with effects. So once you went up, you were actually like facing like stalagmites and then you would go down and flip upside down. Uh, towards the bottom and there would be bubbling lava rushing towards you it's really neat uh check out out you can see an entire like demonstration of it uh by technoflex which uh did the uh a special effects for it they also did a lot of special effects for adventures club uh and uh it's really really well done but it's it's pretty rare still it is taking just a normal flat ride and just kind of gussing up uh, Paramount seek to use their license of properties for something older uh, and promote a Permusa. I cannot pronounce that. Premursa? Premursa? Announced their intentions in 2011 on building Paramount's Park Spain in Murcia, the seventh most popular city in the country. They were gifted a European grant to build the park. However, this would not be given to them until after the park was built. And that's the real important part. The opening date was sought as sometime in 2015, and the park was fully laid out, designed by THG Creative. The property included the theme park, a city walk style area, seven resort hotels. Okay, you know, we can see where that's a problem right there, <laughs> uh, including the Paramount Hotel and the Lifestyle Center, which included condos and offices. You can see some of the, the, the renderings for this on how this park would be laid out. Very similar to like like a Universal Japan or Islands of Adventure uh, where you go out and there's like a lagoon in the center. Uh, Paramount Park's entrance would have guests passing under a recreation of the famous Studio Gates. So the Studio Gates in uh, Hollywood uh, is you would enter uh, those big white arches. After which they entered Paseo Paramount, a main street area that is more reminiscent of modern Hollywood with shops and restaurants. The one attraction is the Paramount Theater, which contains Paramount Live, a musical spectacular paying tribute to Paramount musicals like School of Rock, Grease, and probably not the 1980 Popeye, which is a Paramount film and a Disney film, by the way. Uh, they have co-ownership. Um, Why do they have co-ownership? Is it like an Iger carryover or Iger so, carryover thing? No, uh, not sure if you're aware 
of it, but Popeye, the Robert Altman movie, went yeah. so over budget as they were off in Malta, mostly due to Robert Evans constantly smuggling cocaine across the border, uh, <laughs> uh, that they had to seek the Walt Disney Company to pour extra funds into it. Wait, I'm confused. Wasn't correct my timeline? Wasn't Eisner at Paramount pre? He was. That is correct. Uh, so Eisner contacted the Walt Disney Company. That is correct. For money, yes, that is correct. And then went and took over the company in a hostile is, bid. That huh. is, well, no, was, no, that's not how it happened. They were getting a hostile bid, and they brought Eisner to defuse that. Yeah, that's that's what happened. So. Uh, so that's Paramount Live, and you can kind of see some of the renderings there. It's pretty like generic. But let's go to our first land. The first land to our left is Adventure City, which is, was a hodgepodge of various franchises. The main attraction was to be Mission Impossible 40. The ride was a riff of the Spider-Man and Transformers attractions at Universal, utilizing similar vehicles. Guests would join the Impossible Mission Force, a.k.a. IMF, and ride alongside Ethan Hunt as they travel through a mix of practical sets and screens. So again, it's something you've seen before, but now with Mission Impossible and Tom Cruise. Uh, in like you can kind of see uh, there's a like a pre-show with uh, Tom Cruise in it uh, and would he really have done that? I don't know and then you would get into this like uh, mobile vehicle uh, and that would have you like go through these city sets with like large stunt scenes happening all around you next was Titanic the Exhibition which again 20th Century Fox and Paramount co-production uh, this was located inside a museum structure. This would be an exhibit that paid tribute to both the 1997 film and the Titanic disaster itself. Guests could get their photo on the grand staircase, learn about the creation of the ship, and also about the discovery of the wreck itself with an interactive submersible that certainly would have aged very well. <laughs> Well. Yeah. Uh, however, the grand finale would have been something else. Gus would have bored a series of lifeboats and be able to view a near life-size depiction of the Titanic sinking in front of them via practical and screen effects. Yes, it, was, it would be a dramatic recreation of a real event where 1,500 people lost their lives. How fun. <laughs> That is, I don't know why so many people are so obsessed with recreating the exact conditions of the Titanic collapsing. Why would you want to sit there and watch it? I mean, it'd be kind of cool to see a big ship crash. It would, but like you could make it always a generic ship and not like it's uh, again, it's yeah, it's kind of everyone like everyone who's in it, everyone who lived is dead. So, okay. <laughs> Well, it's like, you know, you're standing in front of him. Watch uh, Be a New Yorker on the streets uh, in Uptown as the planes crash into the World Trade Center right in front of you. Well, the problem is, is that the Titanic as an event isn't particularly sad. Like as a, I mean, as a, mm -hmm. as a, uh, a bystander, maybe at the time it was a disaster and you step back and say, how could this have happened? Mm -hmm. But the whole emotional pull of the Titanic is the entire movie. So I think yeah. just watching the Titanic collapse won't elicit any emotions from you because it's a spectacle. Not, yeah. yeah. You didn't just watch two hours of a romantic drama mm -hmm. that culminates in everyone dying. Yeah. Um, that's true. true. Yeah. 
so the next thing is the Grease Lightning bumper cars <laughs> would be located next to a Grease themed diner, and this will also have a Godfather themed eatery called Osterio Corleone. Guests who would find themselves in an Italian restaurant from the 1940s and hopefully not get whacked. The next land is Paramount Park's Frontierland, Rango's West, based on the 2011 CGI film Rango. Dorman, do you remember Rango? I saw it when it came out on like Blu-ray. Um, mm -hmm. I don't. Everyone like loves Rango. Is that a Gore Verbinski? Yeah, I, that, I mean, right? I like it, but how many people remember it? I don't think very many. I unless yeah. you're like a weird film person who just likes Gore Verbinski, the name, and it's mm -hmm. like, oh, he did The Ring and uh, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, and now did the Rango movie. Right. Uh, I don't think most people have a big, strong affinity to Rango, unless I it was like yeah. way more successful at the time than than I seem to uh, recall. It was. It was successful, and that's not like amazingly so. I think it won Best Animated Feature at the Oscars that year. Did it? I mean, that wouldn't I surprise think, me. I think it uh, did, yeah. In case you didn't, Rango is about a chameleon voiced by Johnny Depp, terrific, <laughs> uh, who wanders into a miniature western town called Dirt in the Mojave Desert, occupied by critters pretending to be a sheriff. Guests will be shrunk down to animal size and encounter this town made up of old recycled jugs, barrels, and various objects. It's kind of like a Bugs Land slash Toy Story Land take on Frontierland. The main attraction was to be a 40 film called How the West Was Sung, wherein Rango jumps into old Paramount Westerns to find heroes to come to dirt and help restore the city to peace after being taken over by Rattlesnake Jack, similar to City Magique in Walt Disney Studios Paris. I mean, this is okay. This is weird. <laughs> Yeah, that uh, is really weird. Yeah, Paramount cute, Westerns. <laughs> yeah, Paramount Westerns include The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance, McClintock, The Sons of Katie Elder, True Grit, and El Dorado, all starring. Oh, great, John Wayne. <laughs> uh, mm. And it's just just kind of an odd idea. Like, why? Like, you're doing a salute to westerns, but you're doing it with this animated film. Uh, just kind of an uh, an odd idea. Uh, Rango's Raging Rapids was to be your standard river rapids ride as guests would dash through a flooded river, encountering various large objects and guests spraying water from such oversized items such as a soap bottle. And this one, I figure this one is cute. I like this one. Uh, the Spirit of the West Mine was to be a family mine train coaster that would have traveled around at locomotive speed, cleverly being a tangled up mess of an actual train set. Again, there's there's some good, decent ideas here that they're taking advantage of. Um, I'm just not sure if Rango in, you know, needs to have a theme park land set about itself. An a entire full theme park land. Yeah. yeah. A play area nearby would have included the Poppin' Corn Frog Hopper Ride and a playground very similar to the now-defunct Fivos Playland from Universal Studios Florida. In fact, it's very similar. That also had like a oversized item Wild West theme as well. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me if they were taking inspiration from that. Any thoughts on Rango's West? I mean, it seems really neat. The I actually kind of like the, the notion of... Uh the theme park ride that just keeps jumping into John Ford Westerns. That's like yeah. really stupid, um, <laughs> but it's kind of endearing in how stupid the idea is. Mm -hmm. I, I think you're right when you say that it's just kind of toy story land, but 
mixed with a Frontierland kind of style. I mean, the, yeah. the roller coaster is nothing more if not a Slinky Dog Dash, just mm-hmm. instead of Connects. It's uh, just a train station. Although this is several years before Slinky Dog Dash, too. That's correct. So this would mm-hmm. be more uh, perhaps forward thinking than what yeah. Disney was doing. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's Rango. Um, maybe Rango <laughs> was bigger in Spain. I don't know why it would be, but maybe it was. Uh, you know, I, I think they're just looking what at the library and just picking out whatever they can. Remember, it's 2011. Yeah. Rango's brand new. I think that's it because it's about to get, it is about to get way more absurd. Hmm. Uh, so let's go to Woodland Fantasy. Uh, it's just a park's take on Wizarding World of Harry Potter filled with IPs that absolutely nobody has thought of in years. I swear you could, you could not name these ips like if i asked you just name any of the ips that they chose you will not be able to name them uh the first one is stardust does anybody remember stardust i don't have no clue what you're talking about so i i had to google this and look at the plot synopsis this is a movie from 2007 it is about a man who goes into a magical land to retrieve a falling star for his girlfriend to propose to her with only to find the star is a woman who he then cheats on his girlfriend with. A star has fallen. You're the star? <laughs> Critics everywhere agree Stardust is a magical movie. It's a great ride. I'm impressed. A timeless tale of romance and deliciously wicked. <gasps> It's the most original film this summer. You better be telling the truth, you two-faced dog. I can get you one of them. <laughs> Stardust, rated PG-13, starts Friday. We all remember that old chestnut. Uh, well, at the Stardust Magicians Workshop, guests can practice their magic skills in an interactive showcase. Like they were just picking up, like they were picking up anything out of a hat here. Uh, so are you not impressed with that? <laughs> I've, li- I've literally yeah. never heard of it. Actually, honestly, I was seven years old at the time. You think I would have heard about it, right? Yeah. <laughs> and it was a flop, by the way. An absolute uh, yeah. flop. Yeah. I can, I can imagine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, well, the next one, there's an e-ticket shooter dark ride based on the Spiderwick Chronicles. Don't you remember the Spiderwick Chronicles from 2008? Check it out. Arthur Spiderwick's feel good. Their world has never been closer. The adventure has never been bigger than it is in IMAX. Give me the boy! Experience mind-blowing picture and pulse-pounding surround sound as a new world of magic comes to life in IMAX. The Spiderwick Chronicles. Rated PG. Visit IMAX.com for showtimes and listings. Okay, that one actually I do remember. You do remember that. Okay. Because I read them. They that was like I don't know why. It was maybe the crowd I fell into in elementary school who mm-hmm. like weren't Harry Potter kids. Okay. Um but like I just like the designs, I guess, of the little goblins, but I do vaguely remember the Spiderwick Chronicles. That being said, I wouldn't personally base my theme park on it. <laughs> did you did you see the movie? Hell no. No, okay. <laughs> so this is a, a 2008 film based on the book series about a trio of siblings who discover a field guide to fairies and run afoul of various magical creatures. 
Uh, in the ride, guests gain a magic wand and travel through various projected scenes to try to gather the most points by, I guess, waving it. It's very similar to the proposed uh, Wizarding World wand ride that Disney wanted to make that we covered just a few weeks ago. Uh, so you can kind of see the way that that kind of would have worked. Uh, they're kind of like in these like weird egg-shaped vehicles. <laughs> uh, uh, so, okay, so maybe if you don't remember this, uh, do you remember the movie Fairy Tale? No, uh, nobody does. No, no. no, I wasn't born yet. <laughs> yeah, 1997. It's a direct-to-video film. What if you had a secret friend? Hey, someone, did you see it? Imagine the jokes you could play. Good heavens! The tricks you could pull. And all the fun you would have. The fairies are going to kick your behind. Sure they are. On October 24th, the secret is out. I'm going to the fairy! And the adventure is on. Fairy Tale, a true story. Rated PG. Everywhere Friday, October 24th. Here's an attraction based on it. Uh, fairy Tale Voyages is a boat ride where guests discover whether fairies exist or not and how to find them. So it's just a boat ride based on this movie nobody's heard of. <laughs> this is such a weird thing. Uh, there was also to be a general play area with some whimsical kitty flats, a carousel, splash pad, a hedge maze, and there might have been a kitty coaster as well. This, I think, was all supposed to be also be based on the Spiderwood Chronicles. Okay, uh, so there's an addition here. Not only kids would get a kick out of Woodland Fantasy, uh, there was also a horror attraction here. And this was based on Tim Burton's Sleepy Hollow. So here's Johnny Depp again. Three persons murdered, taken by the headless horseman, taken back to hell. There is no horseman. Never was a horseman. Never will be a horseman. Heads will roll. Sleepy Hollow. Now playing in theaters everywhere. Uh, guests would enter Ichabod Crane's estate, an enduring experience wherein 3D audio effects and holographic projections will join forces with the Headless Horseman. So as the visitors will not be sure if they hear what they hear is real or the horseman is in the room with them. Why? I don't know. You don't know. I mean, Sleepy Hollow is a good movie, and unfortunately, Johnny Depp is like one of the few iconic actors of the '90s. Um, <laughs> it's true, but obviously, they're just trying to get into like the Disney boat of Haunted Mansion and Pirates mm. of the Caribbean and stuff. like Yeah, that. I mean, all of this is unfortunately, and we'll talk about it in a bit, right? Uh, just a shitty ripoff of whatever Disney's doing. Oh, one hundred percent. It's uh, absolutely yeah. yeah. If Disney's doing, how can we find a Disney or Universal is doing something? How can we find a one-to-one match in our own mm-hmm. library, even if it's fairy tale? Yeah, uh, and and use that to mm-hmm. to get some market space. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, sources say that this would be similar to the alien encounter attraction from Magic Kingdom, with more spectacular effects. Finally, we have Plaza Futura, the park's take on Tomorrowland, heavily featuring Star Trek, which fair. Okay, finally, this is an this is an IP that makes sense to use. Fair. Two Star Trek attractions would headline this area. The first being a simulator attraction that, while likely well done, most likely wouldn't have surpassed Vegas's Star Trek: The Experience. And again, it's just kind of a standard simulator attraction right there. The other Trek attraction was Warp Speed, a launch coaster with a 100 foot tall top hat that likely would have been the most thrilling ride in the park. For kids, 
Yeah. They just did Space Mountain and Star Tours. I know. Well, this one's no, this one's outdoors though. It's even worse. It's even worse. Yeah. No, don't worry. The indoor roller coaster is coming up. Mm. Because for kids, an indoor generic themed roller coaster named Quasar Force would be a spinning wild mouse in the dark filled with wacky UFOs and Buck Rogers esque designs. <laughs> Lastly, the restaurant was going to be uh, included uh, that would be themed after War of the Worlds. That's awesome. <laughs> That's so cool. Is it the 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 Spielberg I, one? I have no idea. I could not I would get love any more the information. Post nine eleven alien Spielberg movie restaurant. That'd be so cool. All of you yeah. like you can eat the dust that people turn into. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I, I, I think like, yeah. Go ahead. You know, I think uh, wasn't that Paramount as well? The I think Par- I thought uh, Spielberg was mostly doing stuff through Paramount. At Paramount that time, or yeah. DreamWorks at the time. No, and Paramount had DreamWorks. the DreamWorks license at the time. For the oh, dear uh, God, yeah. Well, then so be it. Yeah, there you yeah. go. Mm-hmm. I think mostly through Paramount. Yeah. Um. Until the BFG, right? Right. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And the post. Anyways, uh, that might have been Paramount too. Anyways, I think that um, I think Quasar Four is like all things considered, my bet is that someone had it in their portfolio. Like, yeah, and they just shoved some, it in there. Some engineer had like a ah, space coaster in their portfolio, and they like just put it in the in the design yeah. documents. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we don't uh, we don't have anything else. The only sci-fi property they have is this, like is Star Trek. And there's no Paramount, kid stuff with Star Trek. <laughs> does Paramount own Nickelodeon? Yeah, right? That's the thing. That's what I was gonna mention to you. Yeah. Complete lack of Nickelodeon. And yeah, my I, feeling is there has to be a rights entanglement. Well, actually, okay. So to be clear, to be clear, Rango is a Nickelodeon film. It is. Uh, it's Nickelodeon movies. Yes. And that's the thing. I think Spiderwick Chronicles Nickelodeon movies too. That's true. But you're right. There are no Nickelodeon cartoon stuff. So yeah. my feeling is there has to be something with the rights. Yeah. Well, the Some, fact that they the, didn't yeah. jump on SpongeBob at all. Exactly. Is- or even Jimmy Neutron, like if you if you're really scratching the bottom, mm-hmm. Johnny Quasar. Yeah, yeah, there that's you what go. it is. Yeah, you you're go. right. This was probably going to be a Jimmy Neutron thing, and they're like, Ooh! they run into the to the uh, department and they go, "We lost the rights to the Nicktoons." Do you think? Uh, do you think they would have themed it to the pilot Johnny Quasar? Have you ever seen that? Uh, I think th- I've seen the uh, Isn't the original pilot. Yeah, the Johnny Quasar one. I, I think his name was Johnny Quasar, right? Yeah, his name really was originally cool. Johnny Quasar, and then That's they changed they to Jimmy done. Neutron. Yeah, I would have gone on the Johnny Quasar ride because <laughs> it looks really awful. Um, <laughs> no, I, I mean that's probably uh, what happened with a lot of these. I I got to imagine. Nickelodeon could have offered them even a little bit more to do in that fantasy area. What exactly oh. they would have done, I don't remember. But yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure much. They could have. What I'm thinking is, is that they probably originally were like, okay, perfect. So we'll do. You know, we have like the Adventure City with all these ones, and we have the you know the Star Trek land, uh, and then we'll just fill the rest with like Nicktoon stuff. And they're like, oh, about that for these reasons, blah 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 blah. For some reason, we don't we gave away the rights to SpongeBob and all the Nicktoons, you know, and unfortunately, you can't use them in this territory for some reason. And then yeah. they're like, shit, shit, shit. Uh, what else do you have? Okay, let's just rip off Disney. Let's do a frontier land. Let's do a fantasy land. And that's pretty much what it became because, I mean, it's glaringly derivative. Right. 
No, you're hundred percent right. I mean, everything has like a a match in mm-hmm. another in the Disney space in the Disney world. Um, glaringly derivative, and it's the bottom of the barrel. You know, they have obvious things they can still use, like Mission Impossible and Star Trek. I don't think they use them well, but so be it. Um, maybe Mission Impossible is like the only thing that makes it out of here alive. But they have to harp so hard on Rango because they don't know what else to use. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and like I said, it's, it's definitely a symptom of this project being developed in 2011. And I bet you like, they're like, they all I have is tunnel vision. Oh my gosh. This film actually did surprisingly well. Oh, cool. It's on the Oscars front runner. Okay. This is a lock. And unfortunately, after that, nobody ever fucking thinks about this film anymore. And it comes across in, you know, uh, 12, 13 years later as completely, you know, bizarre that they even like base a massive theme park. I mean, if you look at the concept art, this was truly a huge chunk of the park. Playful spooks have interrupted our tour. Please remain seated in your doom buggy. We will proceed in just a moment. Oh, uh, we're back. And Dorman, you sound a lot better now. I hope uh, so. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, apologies, everyone. Uh, I warned you in the front uh, that his audio for a little bit of it wasn't great, but we're going to move along uh, again. We were just talking about uh, the Rango land. And uh, I think the most embarrassing stuff was the fantasy stuff, which is to be their fantasy land, but just the weakest, weakest thing possible. Uh, uh, of anything yeah i mean i i think they were just oh, wow my mic really is a lot better i'm looking at the waveform yeah uh yeah no they were scraping the bottom of the barrel for anything that they could put in there everything generally is that i i was wondering though as the technical difficulties happen in the podcast if like i i wonder if the nicktoons are as popular outside of the united states and in spain like it, it must have been it could not have simply been a rights thing unless it just it, simply was a right it had thing. to be it had to be a rights thing because I mean, we we've done so many we've done so many of these. We did that yeah. one in Dubai where they tried to fit Nick t- new tunes in there just randomly. And remember, it was like that Marvel theme park, and there was Nicktoons there was on Nicktoons. the side. Well, I got to yeah. imagine what happened was is just uh, uh, Paramount was like, okay, let's just sign off all of our Nicktoons stuff outside of the United States because screw it. Yeah, uh, we don't need it. They made like a really cheap business deal, and then time came to build a park in Spain, and they got halfway through and said, oh shit, someone <laughs> exactly. else owns SpongeBob out here. Yeah, what are we gonna do? Nothing, I guess. You know, it's funny. Uh, they just announced a SpongeBob ride coming to uh here in las vegas uh, it's coming to the uh, adventure dome it's called oh, the, the dark ride right yeah the dark ride it's like called like a spongebob's carnival ride it's basically like a carna uh spongebob version of midway mania uh but this will have animatronics in it so Do people still care about spongebob like i know spongebob is still like big in so far that he has cultural legacy he is like the person um but i didn't think spongebob was like still I didn't think people still watch SpongeBob. Maybe they do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is it still like big enough to have a, a theme park? Like, am I that out of touch? Is that what happens when you get older? Is like you think. I am still surprised on how popular SpongeBob is. Like I get surprised yeah. sometimes. It's true. Movies. Like, they're still, they're making sideshows now. They're making two movies right now. 
Are they really? One for Netflix and one for theaters. Like they are. Oh, never mind. There's, then. there's like there's like two spinoffs going on right now. Yeah, it's like the biggest thing about their Paramount Plus. Like they, he is such a big deal that it's like I mean I cannot think for another. There cannot be a single other reason other than rights to the reason why this they didn't, uh, yeah this this park doesn't have them. Yeah, no it had to be something like that. Uh, mm-hmm. Anyways, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I, I, like I said, I I don't know. Um, let's let's uh, quickly discuss why it wasn't built. Uh, the project faced numerous delays as Premersa kept having investors fall through. The land was earmarked for a previous center, but 2015 came and went without a park. You can kind of see. You remember? You remember the Dubai Universal Studios arch? <laughs> This is kind of the same yes. thing where it's a desert and it's just a bunch of flags. <laughs> How sad. Yeah. Uh, even worse was the Corvera, Corvera airport, which is being built nearby also had many construction delays, which made investors nervous to touch the project as the influx from the new airport was heavily anticipated. So this was like, this airport was like 10 minutes away and they were basically expecting that this would like airport people would fly in and go right to the park. Uh, in 2017, the final nail in the coffin occurred when the Mercia Supreme Court deemed the project illegal due to a revision in a law modifying the land being use being next. Suddenly, one-fifth of the property was only to be utilized for agricultural use, necessitating an entire overhaul of the park lands. Cremersa and Paramount called it quits in 2018. The land went abandoned. So, like, everything went wrong with this. They couldn't get the funding. You know, they they were, like, pretty much deemed illegal to build at Jeez. some point. So, they're like, oh, we're not going to, like, go through all this hell to build a land a park with orango land uh so that like kind of really killed the project but <sighs> what if they got their investors and they built the park as we saw in 2011 how would this be received what, what are uh, your thoughts <laughs> there's nothing there okay. there's nothing there i mean there's nothing i think that i i can't speak to the spanish theme park culture i don't know anything about it um you know maybe locals would have liked it maybe they would have hated it maybe so on and so forth i just know that it would not have been an international push to go visit there like we might think for a variety of the universals even mm-hmm. the dubai parks you know, the international disney parks yeah because there's nothing here mm-hmm. you know it, yeah. it would at best be like a locals park and at worst it would be abandoned in two years mm-hmm so no, you're absolutely I I'm not sure if I would say it would be abandoned in two years, but I think it would be very anemic. And yeah. I say this looking at this kind of reminds me of Motion Gate Dubai, where while the rides at uh at this one, the Paramount Spain, I think these are more how to say uh ambitious than the uh, Motion Gate Dubai. They're all like kind of similarly based on properties and the execution is similarly kind of lackluster, um, I would have to say. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't see this park really like gaining a huge spark for people. Uh, the, the coolest, the most interesting things I think are 
the like the Mission Impossible. Like the Mission Impossible ride, that's kind of interesting to me. Agreed. That's probably and, the only one. And that's it. That like that's it. Good. That's the only thing that kind of attracts me. And the very fact that they're going to like something like Spiderwick Chronicles, it's you just kind of you know would think that Paramount would go back to them and go, really, this is the best. This is the best you got. Well, the problem like, is that the entire design group is their only intention was to find things that already worked. Tomorrowland works. Frontierland works. Right. Harry Potter mm-hmm. Land works. Yeah, you know, uh, um, stunt shows like The Bourne, Spectacular, or whatever they work. Mm-hmm. So do those. Just take right. our things and do those. Um, and it's just lazy. So when you look at it on the back end, it's like, well, not everybody owns Harry Potter. There's a reason why Disney didn't do anything like Harry Potter. They yeah. tried to follow it up with Pandora and Star Wars, mm-hmm. which don't look like Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, if Disney didn't own Star Wars, I wouldn't call them up and ask them to do a Tron Land. That that you could uh. do like a Tron, <laughs> you could do a Tron thing, right? But I, I also Tron Legacy. I mean, I guess I'm saying Tron 1982, Tron Legacy. I don't yeah, even think most people they're gonna care. Build, that... They're going to build a Tron land when Tron Ares comes out as soon as the damn strike's over. Yeah, I bet. Uh, <laughs> in fairness, I guess in, in, in to Disney's credit and to Paramount's credit, if you make something interesting, people will go on it. So. You know, maybe the fan, the fairy land ride would have been amazing. They just need an excuse to take somebody's fantasy themed dark ride Apparently, in their portfolio and put a property on it. I I don't know if the execution would have been great. The budget for this was about the same as California Adventure. Uh, so that, that's not very good. <laughs> it's not helpful. Uh, <laughs> I mean, they did do a grease lightning bumper car ride, so you could see where they're cutting the costs of it here and there. Yeah, but it mm-hmm. did seem like everything was pretty highly themed. The Rango yeah, attraction, yeah. but then again, I mean, that's all concept art before you know very some true. value engineering comes in and goes chop 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 chop, you know, and whittles it down to its barest amount. Uh, you can make anything look shiny in the concept in the blue sky phase. And while a lot of this might have not been built, it might have not been fantastic. Like, I'm sure those motion gate rides, especially in that Sony section, were a lot better at one point, And then they just got cut down to hell. And I mean, I feel bad, but it just is the truth. Uh, so, I mean, it is very interesting. Like, we've done, we've done full parks before on the show. And I feel like even with Disney's America and the reason why the Disney's America episode was so long was obviously because of the history behind it and the politics behind it. It's a lot to unravel. But what I find interesting about this is just how much that Paramount showed guests, showed people the parks. And I, I think that's because they're trying to get the investors on board. But it is so funny to have such a rich and vivid view of this theme park in intricate detail with all this concept art. And you walk away thinking, like, why would they make of anything that choice? And I have to imagine that's what the investors are thinking as well. The investors are probably like, where the fuck is SpongeBob so I can s- get money on Sell return? This thing. Yeah, inter- yeah, especially if you're going to build an international or even like national airport. Yeah. You want people to come visit. If you have nothing drawing people there, especially not the big characters everybody's expecting, then mm-hmm. what the fuck am I supposed to do? Like, how do exactly. I sell this thing? Exactly. Like, you could just tell that it was a, a complete non entity from the start. And I find that fascinating because, again, 
unlike other things, we got a incredible view into this park. There were models made. There, there was so much for this park made, and it's just such a shrug. You know, you could say we 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 go through these things and go, oh my god, that was amazing. That would have been so cool. Would have loved to see that. And also, man, I wish we knew more about this. Oh, I can't. I'm trying to put notes together, and I can barely fill this out. This this uh, this episode or show notes was 42 pages because I have so much concept art. Yeah, like so uh, much concept art that probably wouldn't come true is the worst part. I think. Yeah. And yet we're spending this entire episode going, do you remember that movie? No, I don't remember that movie. Does anybody remember that movie? Uh, no. <laughs> and, and then, yeah. And then they go for like the only, we said it again, like the only one that they do it well was Mission Impossible. And then Star Trek, they completely just whiff it. Like, they completely whiff it. Yeah. I mean, this is just, this is so disappointing. Because again, it's just like a gold mine here, like a gold mine of so much content, and yet there's nothing to say about it. Like, uh, yeah, you, well, just, it was, yeah. it's all nothing. It's all air. Like, it's yeah, just exactly. completely pointless. There's mm-hmm. nothing to say about it because you can't get excited over it because there's nothing to get excited over. Right, and that's the thing. Like, I'm, I'm putting these show notes together. I'm like. Uh, well, in theory, on the page, this could be a very well be a two hour app. Yet in reality, we're struggling to get to an hour. Like that's sad. That's just depressing. You know, what if this was built? I think nobody would give a shit. Like maybe they would be like, okay, well, you know, that ride POV is neat. I, I guess that's neat, but I don't care. I just I feel really bad for the designers of this. Yeah, I mean, well, I don't because they they did it. It's their fault. Oh, okay. They, I mean, they're the lazy. They're, it's lazy designing. You know, I, mm-hmm. I think Paramount probably had demands of like, oh, well, what properties can you do to fix this in? But all the designers are just picking from grab bags of what works in other places. I don't feel bad for the designers because they just decided, well, we need a Harry Potter land. Unless Paramount <laughs> said that. Well, that's the thing. I think that's the thing. I think it's Paramount like guiding a lot of this. Maybe, but I also think that like you can make a good attraction. You should start by making the attraction. You design the system and then you can put a, if you put a property on a bad attraction and it stays bad, if you Mm. put a property on a good attraction, then it was always good, but you're never going to make a bad attraction better. And I don't think you'll ever make a good attraction. Great. Mm -hmm. That's at least my opinion. Yeah. Like, you know, Splash Mountain, independent of the property, is a really good ride system, right? It's why you mm-hmm. can keep the ride system, change the property. So, yeah. like, the problem with a lot of this is that the Rango idea is not bad, actually. The the, the coaster, I mean. And the yeah. rapids. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Star Trek ones are garbage. They're just hot garbage. Uh, and the fantasy area is an absolute nightmare. A mess mm-hmm. of, of stuff that I don't... Again, I can't comment on the popularity in Spain, but I don't know what they were thinking. I think so, they were they were just lost, and I'm yeah. I'm looking through a list of Paramount films for the um, between 2000 and 2010, and the thing that strikes me about it is that the biggest movies, the most successful movies, are ones that are they are essentially borrowing for distribution. 
stuff like the MCU movies, stuff like Indiana Jones, where it's tied up in the Lucasfilm and Disney has the rights. Uh, and even with, you know, the MCU stuff, you know, Marvel has the rights for that. They're Marvel Studios. They didn't give them the theme park rights. And, right. and then there's like releases that are huge bombs like Sahara, Alfie, Sky Captain and the World of Tomorrow, which I'm mean, Sky Captain. I, I, I like that movie, but <laughs> it's not very popular. Uh, and of course, there's the DreamWorks movies, which they don't have the rights to. Uh, and it's like a lot of stuff that is very hard to adapt to the theme park of what they fully own. And you can definitely tell that is, you know, the major problem here is that the designers are going and it's like, what, what do you fully own? What do you fully own? And it's honestly not much. It's not. I could see why they chose the Spider-Man Chronicles because at least it's there to use. They have the rights to it. Right. At least it's guaranteed that even if yeah. like, things get the plug pulled on them, they'll always be Spider-Man Chronicles. Yeah. So that that's why I feel bad for the for the you know the designers because I just think that Paramount gave them nothing. It was one of those ideas where it's like, well, on paper this should work because we have such great IP. Except that we don't actually have IP. All we really have is we have uh we have Titanic, we have Mission Impossible, and we have Star Trek. But we really can't think of anything else yeah but they couldn't find a way to use them they couldn't think of a way to use any of them that's i mean that's why i don't really defend the designers is that like okay let's say you do have these attractions well sure it's a more difficult use and more difficult ask Mm -hmm. but like they couldn't even use star trek appropriately maybe it's because the budget was so bad that's true if the budget where they ran out of money (laughs) yeah if the budget was like dca level bad then sure i guess an Mm -hmm. outdoor star trek attraction is what you have to do yeah but that's a terrible terrible idea because Mm -hmm. star trek takes place in fucking space yeah you can't take people to space outside Mm -hmm. no you're right you're no you're right even when they are given a good thing they just do bad with it and ah oh paramount park spain you frustrate me so. You frustrate me so much because you gave us all this gold and you'd give us nothing to do with it. Yeah. Uh, I do recommend anybody should watch Ringo, though. It's actually decent. Uh, I don't know if it's um, based on the entire theme park line off of it, it's decent, but it is decent. Uh, so <laughs> I don't think we have to really ask this, but build it or not, uh, should Paramount Park Spain have been built? No. No, there you there's go. nothing to build. There's nothing worth building. It's just, it's, it's, are you like, um, you know, how, uh, Hench, Marty Sklark conf- uh, confronts John Hench on opening day of DCA and he goes, in the frankly, bathroom? Marty, yeah, in the bathroom, frankly, Marty, it should have been state of parking lot. Uh, it's like, yes, I, I'm happier with it. It's a dirt lot. Well, I think I, I'd have to see the execution, um, but I do think that they would have had such an uphill battle that the budget would have had to have been just tripled, even like quintupled to get yeah. anywhere near this thing being worthwhile. Every attraction would have to be e-ticket level with yeah. how derivative it feels at the face of it. But no, the Rango part might have been cool. Right. I don't know. Maybe keep that concept art and sell it off to one of your parts. You want you want you want to see the, the Pro 40 movie 
where uh, CGI Johnny Depp. Yes, Amelia I'd love to see jumps that. into a bunch of John Wayne movies, and then they yeah. well, are uh, a terrible uh, I mean, idea. Yeah, it's like, it's like AI John Wayne. I mean, normally I'm against deep fakes and AI, but John Wayne was a huge fucking asshole. So I don't, no. I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> screw him. Screw his legacy. Yeah, I, I. I, I I just think it'd be a really funny idea because I don't know who thought of it, but mm-hmm. it just comes out of like that's just the wackiest thing they had going. It's the most interesting thing at the park. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, no, you, <laughs> that's that's interesting that you should say that. Uh, wow, you're not like fascinated with the fairy tale boat ride. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's like I had to like go and dig Dave. It's like fairy tales. This is a thing. Oh my God. It really is from the nineties. Like they really dug back into their catalog, like desperately. And it's so funny that, you know, they go and like, well, uh, Greece, uh, should we have a roller coaster based on that? Fuck no. Let's just make it bumper cars and let's have a, they should have had a Godfather attraction. Well, how would you do a Godfather attraction? Um, you don't. You don't. You just don't do it. You just don't do it. I guess I would like to see the Titanic one too. For a park that said they had the budget of DCA, why the fuck is there a full recreation of the Titanic? <laughs> My guess is you're like on a boat and like they chill the room and then there's like screens and it turns on and you watch the Titanic sink on the screen and that's it. You think so? Yeah, and it would be very funny if they have, like, screams for help. Oh, my God. Ah, like, insert all this the screaming in there. And That's terrible. It's like, it's like, are you not entertained? That's horrible, Ryan. Well, I know. I mean, that's how you would feel, but that's that's how you should feel if they made it. I just think that, yeah, it's just this thing is just a bad concept art. Yeah, it's just we can put it into the category of concept art that got too big for its own limits, and even then wasn't very good. Just like the Disney Dubai. Yeah, you could. I I think like the t- entire Titanic exhibit would have lasted because it didn't like apparently the um at that Australian Fox Park that was very short lived. They also had a similar attraction where you pretended to be uh. You basically pretended to either be third class or first class, and the first class gets on a boat, and like uh, they just hear screams. And then if you're in the third class, you're in the boiler room, and it floods, and it goes in the pitch black darkness. Like that's supposed to be your death on the Titanic. Like, and people were really mad about that. So I have a feeling that it wouldn't have lasted long if it had been made. (sighs) Uh, I kill this thing already. I can't talk about this thing anymore. (laughs) I cannot do it. So uh, no, don't build it unless they significantly revised the concept and had begged and pleaded with somebody, please just give us Nickelodeon cartoons, please. God, this is this sucks. Look, we're using the fucking Spiderwick Chronicles. And somebody gives them mercy and gives them Ren and Stippy and Rocco or something like that. Oh, dear like, God. God. Just give us the some John K. Yeah, just give us Rugrats or SpongeBob. God, please. Uh, we're not using Cat Dog. You can have Cat Dog. No, not goddamn Cat Dog. How about Rocket Power? No, just just give us SpongeBob. Damn it. But yeah, that's the only only reason why I think that it should have been built. 
And uh, I, will, I will never forgive you, Paramount Park Spain, for making this episode so short. Uh, <laughs> Some ideas just aren't worth talking about or making. Yeah, it's it's sad, but it's true. It's sad, but true. So anyways, um, we are going to have a bonus episode if you want. Uh, we're going to be talking about some updates on various ideas, projects, and some comments, corrections. So you can check us out at our Ko-Fi. Uh, but in the meantime, please follow us on social media on Twitter at UnbuiltPod. You can reach me at Open Mother's Mail and Ryan Dorman for the time maybe at open the doorman uh, who cares uh, <laughs> until they make you have to put your license on it i'll probably just stay on x <laughs> yeah uh feel free to email us at unbuiltpod at gmail.com rate us wherever you find this podcast we currently have a ko-fi at ko-fi.com slash unbuilt pod for three dollars a month you can get bonus episodes and for five dollars you can get your name right on the show we'd like to thank our current contributor joseph antone please write a review and tell us how we're doing and if you don't like us thank you for listening to like the few the official Mission Impossible uh, podcast. I'm Charles Hood. See you guys. See ya. I love my popcorn. Movies, popcorn.